Welcome to The Healthy You Podcast. My name is Stevie Moon and I'm your host, here to guide you consciously to healing to your truest, most authentic self. Thank you so much for your presence today. If you found us for the first time, thank you for joining us. You may know me from TikTok or from Instagram as The Health Creator. And on this podcast, you're going to get to know me as my truest self. It's higher octane, more masterclass content. And today's episode is no exception as we take a deep dive into the art and practice of nourishment. I want to take a quick moment to ask you to go within yourself and ask yourself if you are ready for this episode because there will be mentionings of disordered eating, eating disorders, and it will trigger an emotional response. This may not be an episode that you want to listen to right now and that's okay. And I appreciate your courage to put yourself first and to take care of yourself. And if you are ready to take that deep dive, and to start some healing process. I'm so excited to have you here. And if you're not there yet, I will be here for when you're ready. What you will find in this episode is no plan. This is nothing that you're going to be able to print off and put onto your fridge. Because when it comes down to nourishment, it is rooted in intuitive guidance conscious eating, conscious consuming, which comes each moment by moment. One of the collective programs that was installed that we were taught is that we, if we eat a very specific way, a quote-unquote diet, then we will be healthy. Then we will be able to be happy. And the truth is, is that throughout your lifetime, what you eat and what you nourish your body with may need a change. Each season may qualify for something a little bit different. And so it's very important that you talk to your body and that you get to know your body and what your body needs, what it feels like when it can digest certain foods, what it feels like when it can't. This is the root of conscious consumption. Our society and and the collective seems to want us to be able to turn that conscious choice off because if it were so simple that you could have a plan or you could uh, track calories on an app and then that would make you happy, then that would have worked. But the truth is, is that you need to be able to kind of look at that program and ask yourself, has this worked for me in the past to look and view food? as something to be tracked, as something that can be uh, so black and white as a plan or a diet. And the truth is, is that for me, it never worked. And I would always get so discouraged. And that would lead me on to the next disordered eating, on to the next way of eating that was made with the intention to shrink me. 
made with the intention to shrink me. I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been getting a lot more comments about weight loss. (laughs) Uh, And perhaps it's that my mind is starting to see a lot of the difference in the vibration of weight loss and I need to lose weight. I want to lose weight. Give me what app, tell me in 140 characters or less what you did, you know, uh, because we actually, we are so innocent that we believe it's that simple. And it really is simple. It's not easy. It's not easy though, because what the truth is, is that food, our idea of what is food has been distorted. And that's hard to admit, especially if you are in what a lot of people term um, eating disorder recovery. One of a lot of the tenants are built upon that no food is bad and that there's nothing that is, you know, unclean. We need to stay away from those terms because those can Um, spark disordered eating patterns. And I want you to take a, a quick moment just to suspend your disbelief for a moment because there are foods that are being sold to you as food and it's not food, it's cardboard with chemicals and a little bit of processed corn. (laughs) And it has effects on your body. And Coming to the terms of everything in moderation takes away your ability to make a conscious choice. Because then you're like, well, it's in moderation. In moderation, everything in moderation. The truth is, is that some things may not be good for your body in moderation. I, I myself struggle to process corn after many years of being able to process corn. This just tends to happen as you age, (laughs) you'll find that some things may not fuel your body in the same way. You may not be able to digest them in the same way. But if I were to continue to eat it in the same way that I was before, just because moderation and everything, I would be destroying my gut. And if your gut gets destroyed and has a lot of damage, which I can promise you that yours probably does, most of us do have that damage in our gut. Um, which completely you can heal, we can end up with a lot of serious issues because we're not told the full story. You see, nourishment isn't about making your body look great. It's about running a machine that is such a beautiful gift properly. (laughs) And if you put the wrong fuel in this machine, pseudo fuel, it can cause all sorts of problems. And because we are not as simple as a car, (laughs) um, those problems are harder to link, but not so hard. In fact, if you start to do a little bit of research, you're going to find out that gut issues and insulin issues and hormonal issues are often linked to food to food and and how we nourish our bodies or not nourish our bodies. And if your hormones are 
unbalanced, unregulated. And of course, that can happen so many other ways. But very often, a really good place to start is to look at what you're nourishing your body with. If your hormones are out of balance, then the machine's out of balance because we are a chemical machine. (laughs) And if your gut is out of balance, then you're struggling to produce serotonin. Which can cause anxiety and depression. Which can cause all sorts of things like ineffective behaviors, ineffective actions. Can leave you feeling like you hate yourself. Like you hate your life, like you hate your body. When in fact, the root is not that your body is uh, too big. (laughs) is that there's something in the body that's dysfunctional. Now, I teach a lot uh, about how I healed my body with autophagy, but sometimes autophagy is not the, the right answer for everybody. But I would say without a beyond a shadow of a doubt, the answer for everybody is to nourish the body with whole food. Not whole foods the store, with whole food, real food. How can and as you hear this, you're able to consciously nod your head and say, "Yeah, yeah, that that's right. That's right. That's true." Eating whole foods is a really great thing to do. And the programming for your ego is still so strong that it will be very hard to make a shift because your ego, while it can consciously say, "Yes, that sounds right." It is so hard to make that switch because the programming is so deep and because it means you have to go into the unknown. Because my friend, if you have been eating this way since you were a child, it means your parents have been eating this way. We probably inherited a lot of dysfunctional, disordered eating from our parents who may have inherited it from their parents. My mom didn't inherit it directly. She inherited it indirectly (laughs) as a whiplash to what her parents ate like. My dad grew up in, he was born in 1947. So he kind of grew up where the the cheapest option was what you should go for and to, to to keep lots of food storage and just to really make everything um to look at food in a, a scarcity mindset and so that that impacts him today and it impacts his health today so we have to kind of, we kind of have to step back for a second because I want you to, I'm throwing a lot at you right now. And there's a lot of dots to connect and we may not connect all the dots today, but I want to start to look at the paradigm that you currently have around food. And I need you to be really honest. You don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell anybody, but I need you for just five minutes to be really truthful with yourself. Is there some dysfunction in the way that you think about food? That you think about consuming food? That you think about what nourishment and nutrition is? 
are you consistently worried about calories? Are you weighing everything out? Are you measuring your your body weight every single morning? None of these things are something I want you to feel like I'm judging you for. These are all things that I used to do. But they may no longer serve you. They may be ways to keep you constricted. And they may have been ways that you have been taught to shrink yourself because maybe you were told that you were too much. And while, of course... There's emotional constriction. I find (laughs) there's been a lot of physical constriction in response to I am too much. Because maybe it wasn't safe to be who you truly were. And this seems really crazy to draw this this correlation between food (laughs) and uh, trauma. Food and neglect, abuse. But the truth is, is that if you just take a moment and really dig deep, you're going to find that it exists, this parallel. And my heart goes out to you. Because when I made that realization, it hurt it hurt. And I realized that when I started to distort the way that I was eating and distort how I was eating and then in reaction to that, you know, distort in the complete opposite direction, um, meaning sometimes constricting what I was eating to completely binging and not caring about food because if I cared about food, then I could get sick again. That started when I started to believe that I was too much. That I wasn't safe to be who I truly was. That maybe I was drawing too much attention, negative attention. That speaking the truth of, of, of my truth wasn't safe, particularly around men around my mother, different reasons. (laughs) And when I made that correlation, because we consume a lot of things. We consume media, we consume food, we consume energy. And that really is what nourishment is that's what food is it's energy so if you really break that down what is energy energy is life force and perhaps you thought because we have been programmed to constrict that life force that that's what you've been doing all these years and maybe that's why you don't feel quite like yourself and why you think that if you lose the weight you'll feel more like yourself but i promise you that's not true Because shrinking yourself will not make you feel like more of yourself. 
empowering yourself, supporting yourself, healing, giving yourself an opportunity to relearn, an opportunity to be the first one in your family to learn about nourishing, to fall in love with the act of consciously consuming and intuitively eating, to make every single meal a practice, a ritual, and to not judge yourself for when you go out with friends or when you make a big bowl of pasta from scratch, even though there's years of programming inside of you that say you're going to need to run that off or you're going to need to go throw that up in the bathroom. It will not be easy when the shadow gets unearthed and you have to look at it. But in order for this shadow to be healed, you're going to need to open it up and see the wound that is no doubt festered and rotted, as mine was. And you're going to need to see it and you're going to need to take care of it. And you're going to say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Please forgive me. Thank you for keeping me alive, even though I abused you. I see you. I love you. Come with me. Come with me to the future. And if you treat yourself and your wound like this, it will heal. Because we human beings have an incredible capacity to heal, to regenerate, to restore. And then no longer is what little life force you had being drained into this festering wound but it's starting to collect in your body and increase a magnetic field around you. And the more that you nourish, the more that you empower yourself. And the more you empower yourself, the more you empower others just simply by being in your light, by vibrating higher. And in truth, that is why you think you want to lose the weight is because you want to vibrate higher. And we've been told that vibrating higher equals happiness, equals social uh, approval, equals dopamine release from our social media feeds, each like, each comment. A whole other conversation. <laughs> But vibrating higher means that your being is in a state of being, a frequency that is in resonance and coherence with your soul and your light. And I want you to expand your light. And so that's why I'm here to teach you the art of nourishing. So it's been 18 minutes of us going and taking this dive that I'm sure has feelings coming up 
There may be a lot of energy in motion in your body right now. Perhaps you are feeling a release. Good. And perhaps there is nothing. That's okay too. Because now we're going to let that plant whatever seed it needed to. And we're going to start to look at how to take the knowledge that there has been distortion in the way that we have been treating our bodies with food and start to educate ourselves and how to build a practice from this day forward, a nourishing practice. Okay? So let's talk about the word nourish, nourishment. I had this download (laughs) and it's just unfolded and unfolded more and more because to me, when I heard nourish, I kind of had some trauma (laughs) with that word because of the church that I was raised in up until I ran away when I was 12. Uh, And the prayer that we would say is that we nourish and strengthen our bodies. Um, Pretty rote line that we would regurgitate at every meal. And the problem is, is that because my ego had a wound there, I was unable to really fully see what the word means and to uh, forgive myself and to move forward and understand that sometimes there is truth <laughs> in distorted lessons in distorted ways of being in distorted churches <laughs> so for me I had a little bit of work to do there and you may find a little bit of work for you yourself to do or you may be like nope I'm on board <laughs> let's go So for me, nourishment is a little bit of word magic because when you start to say, well, I nourish my body every day, that carries a certain frequency and a resonance that your body has not heard before because eating healthy and clean is a lot different than nourishing your body. Even eating freely Um, without, with, with moderation or whatever term you may have used in the past, or maybe you've been afraid to use and articulate any terms. And so you haven't thought about it because if you look too close, you may not like what you see. That's, that was me for many years. When you start to consciously bring focus and attention to nourishing your body every single day, you will nur- you you will understand that your body will respond to this in a very powerful way, in a pretty immediate way too. Because when I make a nourishing meal where I am present in the making of it, present in the consuming of it, my body digests it different. I feel different the rest of the day, the next day, and eventually, when that has all become me, (laughs) I feel different. I feel supported and loved. It's so much different than when you are eating food um, to eat clean or to 
eat uh, on a diet. And it may not seem like a huge difference, but your body has felt that difference. There is a resistance to that uh, that you've definitely felt in the past. And I'm telling you that the path of in the art and the practice of nourishment really doesn't have much resistance because you you want to nourish your body. It will be habits that you're going to have to learn that there could be resistance about. But when you say the word, just just say this little affirmation with me, this mantra. I nourish my body every single day. I'm nourishing my body with this meal. Every food that I eat, every meal that I eat nourishes my body. Did you feel any resistance in your body? Perhaps you did. Perhaps you didn't quite believe yourself. It's okay. Throughout time, at, at each time you practice this, you'll believe yourself more and more because you'll start to give yourself proof. So let's break this down. I've talked a little bit about whole food um, and, and, I, and I have mentioned this and I cook whole food mostly, but this is not exclusive to uh, foods that you get straight from the farmer's market, stuff that, you know, you're just eating like a carrot. <laughs> if you think about this, I like to give the example of a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, okay? Because I love Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and I want you to think of the ingredients of everything that goes into each one of his dishes, okay? For the most part, each ingredient is a whole food ingredient, it's real food. You've got carrots, you got potatoes, you got your spices, you got, you know, and each while you'll come across something like perhaps like fish sauce, which has multiple ingredients in it, or, uh, you know, maybe there will be a little sugar or a little flour. And depending on perhaps you have a gluten intolerance, you know, perhaps there is some sensitivity there, then you may want to consider an alternative flour. Or perhaps you are healing some insulin resistance, so you may not want to use sugar, and you may want to go for an alternative for, for, for a while as you heal. But for the most part, if you look at these kind of restaurant-quality dishes, these are real foods. I'm not talking about your local, you know, chain restaurant. Those, I'm, I hate to break it to you, it's not real food, but I'm talking about a Michelin star kind of rated restaurant. And that will give you a good idea of the kind of quality of nourishment. And this is something that is a, a little bit triggering because you may have a belief that is intergenerational, that you do not deserve a quality of food or that you cannot have the quality of food. I could make a quality nourishing meal for, you know, less than $5 for myself. Um, and I could have a McDonald's meal for, I mean, and it would be about seven bucks. So the truth is, is that some of the limiting beliefs, most of the limiting beliefs that I've come across come, come down to a couple of things. Time and money. 
However, I can I can negate both of those after practice because I I've able I've been able to teach myself that those two limiting f- beliefs and limiting factors for myself um, were not based in truth, but they were based in beliefs that I had inherited, and uh, they were based in the fact that I had no skills <laughs> I didn't have the skills, and that I would have to develop skills. But let me take me a quick second to take a sidestep, a little, take a moment out and acknowledge that there are real issues that are systemic that keep people from nourishing their body. I am absolutely not saying that those don't exist. There are, there's poverty, there's food scarcity, there are food deserts, and there is systems in place to keep families living in particular ways and nourishing in particular ways that limits their life force. That is very real. And I need you to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, is this my reality? Or were my parents not ever educated in a particular way to learn how to cook real food? Maybe they did know how, but maybe they didn't teach me. Maybe they didn't, maybe they were always resentful when they, when they had to cook. And so I learned that cooking wasn't fun. uh, And it was something to kind of avoid because there was a lot of negative emotion in the house. So maybe look at that for a second. I would say most of the people who I come across with, that I talk with, um, who are attracted to my content, they have access to like a phone. Um, they're not living in such scarcity, but their mind may have been programmed that they are. Um, and so I'm, I'm not saying that that's not real. And I'm not going to say that that may not be your real reality. But for the most part, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to invite you to look at the stories that may have been played out around why you cannot do this um, or, or why this isn't for you and offer you a new practice and a new way of thinking about this, okay? Okay, so when it comes down to it, if time is your issue, If time is your issue, there are so many ways to kind of play with this. Um, If you are spending two hours a week, for for the most part, if you could spend two hours a week and meal prep, you could have meals for yourself and your family for the entire week. And if you're saying, well, where am I going to find those two hours? Is there something that you're doing at night? or during the day, like scrolling on your phone, or distracting yourself and numbing with a screen. Because my guess is that there's two hours somewhere in your week. And you may not want to give those two hours up, but good news, you don't have to. You could absolutely learn how to nourish and meal prep while watching a show. You know, you can still, you can get that. And that's actually a really good way to learn this is because 
Temptation Bundling. Uh, I believe James Clear. Uh, I read that in Atomic Habits. Temptation Bundling um, is where I first heard of that term. Maybe not that not that book, but it's in a book. <laughs> Temptation Bundling is a just a fantastic tool. It's how I learned how to uh, do magic movement is by temptation bundling with uh, getting up really early and moving my body with drinking a mimosa pre-workout. Who doesn't want to start their day with a mimosa? So, (laughs) but you could tie it to something that you really love. Maybe you love podcasts. Maybe you love watching The Great British Bake Off. Maybe it's Bridgerton. Maybe it's whatever, um, an audiobook. But tying this and making it fun, awesome way to start. Now, another thing that you may not, uh, you, you may have to kind of adjust the money sort of situation. I had a lot of limiting beliefs around money for whoo, a long time, uh, a long, long, long time. And so it's not a very quick and simple fix. It's going to require some deep dives uh, that we're not going to cover in this particular episode, but I can absolutely make an episode for you about that. Um, But as far as making your nourishing budget a little bit larger, uh, look at where your, your, your money is going. And that means going down to every dollar and saying, okay, well, I actually do have an extra 20 to $50 a week that I could put towards my food for my family. Um, or is there a potential way that, and this is where you get into growth mindset, where I could make an extra $50 a week. And you absolutely can do that online. Uh, having no extra skills, you know, today, <laughs> make an extra $50 a week. Um, and so this is, this is where it's going to come down to, are you willing to grow and shift so that you can make this uh, practice part of your life? And the answer may be no. Um, and I invite you to look into that. Okay. I'd invite you to look at that maybe you're working three jobs and you really, you really feel like you have zero, zero time in every moment that you are not working, that you would like to, um, spend just relaxing, then find a way to make nourishing your body a relaxing task. One of the things I find to be as therapeutic as a spa day, no joke, is to cook with Italian dinner music on. I get into this flow state and that flow state is rejuvenating. It's a, it's chemically flow state is like six drugs at once and it's phenomenal. It may take a little bit of skill to get there. (laughs) It may take a little bit of practice to get there. But you could make this your spa day at home. Okay. So enough about the little, the the, the two biggest mm, tension points that I hear from people. The third tension point is really uh, education. And that's why you're here. Because you you may you be maybe okay, oh I'm I'm willing to, to shift around a little bit of cash money. I'm willing not to buy a Starbucks <laughs> every day. Um 
I am willing to set two hours for myself and set myself up with uh, uh, some some cool shows and meal prep for the week. <laughs> um, I'm willing to do that, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to buy. I like help me out, sister. And so let's get into that section right now. As far as what you're going to buy, because this is very important, your ingredients and the quality of your ingredients are important. Perhaps for a while, you will not be able to buy organic. This is okay. I don't want you to fret about this. Um, I have now, after two years, been able to and blessed to buy food that is organic. And I'll tell you a little bit a little, you know, accordion preview about that. The more that I nourished my body, the more energy I had, the more I was able to create funds for myself to be able to, um, and the more energy I was able to create. So then I could have more energy to do the things, you know. So it may not be this way immediately, and you may be uh, clipping coupons and buying a lot of frozen veggies. By the way, frozen veggies are freaking awesome. Um, and they're really good for you. And uh, I buy a lot of frozen fruit. Uh, I find that especially frozen avocados, they're really cheap um, for, you know, avocados. And I you can heat them up and use them as you would regular avocados, which is really, really nice. Saves on a lot of waste. Um, okay, <laughs> sorry, that was a little sidetrack because I'm very passionate about frozen avocados. <laughs> But, you know, so be be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself and don't expect that you're going to be out there um, 360 able to spend $300, uh, you know, every single week on groceries. Uh, it's okay if you've got 50 bucks to spend on groceries. You can nourish with that. I promise you. I've done it. <laughs> it's possible. Um, and I, I would say... I would invite you to be aiming for about $50 a week for per adult. Um, and then for children, uh, you know, between 25 and 50. And so whatever you have to do in your budget to aim for that, uh, awesome, do that. Uh, when I started, I think I was between $100 and $150 uh, for me, John and Ray, Um and uh, sticking to that budget was integral. It, it was what made moving into this house possible. It was everything for us. Um, and it was hard. You know, I had, to, I had to look at the coupons that were available at the store. I had to get clever and I absolutely had to meal plan. This is going to be your biggest indication of what you're going into that store to buy. Okay. So when you're meal planning, uh, I, it can be very tempting to find new meals every single week, but I'd argue that you shouldn't do that. I would say find, like just sit here and say, what are your favorite meals? You like nachos? <laughs> you like tacos? You like burgers? You like spaghetti? Okay, let's start there. Let's learn how to make those nourishing. Let's learn how to make them well. Let's get you mastery on those things that you love. Period you know, throw in and let's learn how to make some, um, how to add veggies into your sauce. Let's learn how to, 
uh, nourish as much as possible, as whole food as possible. And if you can do that with stuff that you love and gain mastery, you're going to blow yourself out of the water and you're going to be like, damn, this is good. Because let's be honest, if you could eat Gordon Ramsay meals every single day, you would do it. You would do it. If it's not going to take any time or skin or money off your back, would you give yourself an hour a week to learn how to cook? Ask yourself, would you be willing to invest some time in learning this skill of how to nourish your body? Okay? Okay. So, meal meal plan. <laughs> meal plan is so important. And I have talked a little bit about meal plan before. I've posted some videos about it and people are always so shocked at how quickly I can do this. Um, it, it does come easier with practice, but my biggest hint to you is just like brainstorm right now the top meals that you love. You know, write a list of 10, t- 10 meals that you love and then you're going to learn how to make those meals. Just simple as. Just, you're going to do that. When you are making stuff you love, you're not, you're like, you are you could eat that every single day. I've had people message me saying that they make my tomato soup every single week. And that's because it's freaking good. When you find stuff you love, you're not in need of that novelty because that quality is there and because it makes you feel phenomenal. So, if you already are know, you know, okay, well, I like <laughs> my husband. Well, let's do it for John. I know what John <laughs> loves. He loves orange chicken. Um, well, for a while, I, I would learn how to make orange chicken. I don't personally make chicken anymore. Um, so, uh, like orange cauliflower, that's, that's a really good option there um, for, for me uh, to, to make. But perhaps you're making orange chicken from scratch. That requires a couple little skills for you to learn how to make. Um, and I would offer, you know, air fryers, my buddy, <laughs> my pal. If you haven't invested $75 in an air fryer, it will be the best $75 you've ever spent. And every single person that I know that has bought an air fryer who hasn't flapped there and just been like, I don't need another kitchen tool. Throw away every other kitchen tool you've got. <laughs> I do not use my microwave. If my new microwave is built in, but at my old house, my microwave was in the garage, unplugged, because we didn't use it, because my air fryer and my stove and my and my uh, oven were what I used, um, and that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. But uh, just seriously, look into an air fryer, and you're gonna fall in love. <laughs> Um, it's also super great for, for meal prep, you know, throw a bag of frozen veggies in there, you know, throw a protein in there, throw whatever you want in there and, uh, it reheats. It does, it does everything super, super quick. So, um, when you are meal planning, uh, one of the things I think is really fun to do to stretch your dollar is to say like, let's say you are, um, you eat meat and you were looking at something with ground beef in it. I'd love to give this example because, uh, ground beef is so, so versatile and, uh, you can make like tons of meals, tons of your favorite meals probably with ground beef. And you can, you can get even like super high quality ground beef, uh, on coupon very, very often, and you can buy it in bulk and then you can freeze it. And then you've got tons of ground beef forever. (laughs) 
but you can stretch it through each meal. You know, you could do meatballs, you could do burgers, you could do uh, like a, a scramble, you, you could do um, something like a casserole. The, the possibilities are endless, but uh, if you don't eat meat, perhaps you were a black bean girl like me. <laughs> we always have black beans and we got tons of black beans always because that is essentially my ground beef um, in and of this day that and a lot of veggies. So as far as your meal plan, my best, my best advice, get your piece of paper out. And then when you find like a main ingredient like that, think of, huh, what else could I use ground beef for this week? What else could I use black beans for? Hmm. Maybe it's not the beans. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's the veggie. Well, I'm going to have to buy an extra bok choy, you know, for, for this stir fry. Well, what else could I use bok choy for? maybe a soup or, or whatever it's going to look like for you. Um, this may take like a little longer for you to learn how to do, but you'll, you'll pick it up and you'll start to learn. There's probably like 20 meals that you oscillate through. And that's just to be honest, you know, I make a lot more meals because it's, it's a lot of my job. Um, you know, I just, I'm working on my ebook, my e-cookbook right now. Uh, I've got a hundred recipes coming up. It's called Nourish. (laughs) little little plug there um you'll be able to pre-order it soon as soon as I get the the website up um but I don't you know eat a hundred meals in a hundred days I usually will oscillate through my favorites at that time and those favorites I'll you know stop making that soup and I'll make a different soup you know whatever um turns your crank but you'll find that you'll make the same stuff on repeat for a while you know, we, uh, we had this salmon, mango, avocado, um, rice bowl with sriracha and honey pretty much like once, if not twice a week for maybe six months. That makes meal planning pretty easy when you know that you're going to do something like that. Um, so I promise that it's not as hard as you think. If you want uh, some advice, you can go and look at my my TikToks. You can go look at your other at other people's Instagrams, TikToks, get ideas, and uh, kind of make it a little tradition for yourself. If you want to go and you do want to get that, you know, a Starbucks or something, uh, and uh, sit down and set the coffee t- the table and meal plan for fifteen minutes, make that your your little ritual make it fun, make it important. Everything that you do has an opportunity to be a delightful moment of joy, to be a practice of joy, a practice of peace. And whether or not you get super stressed out or not is going to be an internal choice. It may not feel internal. It may feel like you are automatically get stressed out even thinking about food. That is a program that's automatically running. And if you catch it, you can change it in a moment. That may seem impossible. It's not. That's as simple as it is. You have to catch it though. And so as soon as you become conscious that you may be running unconscious patterns around food, which I think you've probably identified by this point in the podcast, then we've got something to talk about. How to, how to catch those patterns. I'll make an episode about that. So uh, meal plan. Now, if you 
are a person like me and you love to cook every single day, um, I make the time. I, I really do. Um, I make the time by cutting my TV time. <laughs> I make that time by... <sighs> Gotta uncross my legs. <laughs> I make that time by having my daughter come into the kitchen with me where I would be needing to be in another room with her and, and, and hang out with her. I and get her involved, prop her up on a chair, um, make sure she's not near the knives, and I teach her. And that's kind of fun too. It kind of makes you feel like you're on a, uh, a cooking TV show. My mom and I used to play something called Lynette Jennings, and which was her version of, of this where we'd kind of pretend like we were on a TV show for like home and garden stuff. Because my mom did a lot of home and garden stuff. And of course, the way that she made the time for that was to drag me along. That's exactly what I'm inviting you to do. If you've got kiddos, you've got roommates, you got a partner, um, make this your, you, your guys' time together. Or if you're like me, I like to do it mostly by myself, but I am finding, I'm just telling you, it's like there's something so rewarding with um, teaching Ray how to do this. I guess I kind of envision envision her in several years. I wasn't ever taught this. I had to teach myself this all by myself. My mom definitely cooked home homemade meals, but for some reason she just never taught me. You know, she, 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 um, she had a pattern and I also had this pattern and I had to heal it, which is that mm, you're taking too, you're taking too long. Let me just do it. Let me just do it. It's too much hassle just to have you do it. Let me just do it. Um, and I had a, when I caught that and I realized, oh, <laughs> I've been doing this because, you know, it's, it's a way, it's a survival sort of program. Um, but if I just take some time and some patience with her, um, I, I, I can tell she's learning how to do stuff. She's, she's going to turn three next month. And I hope that by the time she's 13, you know, she has joy for nourishing her body you know and she'll probably be better than me <laughs> kids tend to tend to get better they're the evolution of us <laughs> okay so we kind of covered some of the basics of the, the the budgeting the the meal plan and uh as far as the meal prep i like i said i don't like to meal prep like individual boxed meals just so that doesn't necessarily work for me um, because I like to cook, <laughs> which I'm telling you, you will learn how to like to cook. So you may start there, but you will probably end up cooking every day as just a, a, a practice of joy. Um, but I do love to do certain things called like quick prep. So like I will make a entire Instapot of rice. So when I make a, a dinner on, I'll put on TikTok and be like, I made this in less than 15 minutes. And people are like, rice takes so long to make. And I was like, well, I have an entire box of rice that I make once a week, 15 minutes, once a week, I got rice for the rest of the week, you know? Um, and there's, you can do that with proteins. You can do that with the veggies. One of my favorite things to do is make potato wedges. And then, um, when they're kind of like soggy and gross, uh, I cut them up. I give them a quick, you know, fry, um, and it's a quick saute and I use them on breakfast tacos. And breakfast tacos to me are an anytime taco because I love them so much. Um, but you just kind of get clever and you say, 
well, I mean, if something's gross and soggy and it's big, then you can cut it up and make it not gross and soggy. So I like to opt for wedges as far as veggies go, because then you can kind of come up, cut them up later because things, things don't last forever. Um, and you want to not waste, but if you are turning to your, to your fridge, that is something that you'll find. Um, and I have found that I would turn to my fridge and my fridge would be a bleeping mess. <laughs> and if it's a bleeping mess, I'm not going to look in it. And even if I did look in it, I wouldn't find anything. So clean out your, your fridge, clean out your fridge, clean out your pantry. Um, I like to make my stuff look like a store. It's like, it makes it like a game for me. Um, and so uh, this is not to say that mine doesn't get like a mess. My, I cleaned my fridge yesterday because it was a, it was so dysfunctional. There's just like a box of spinach with like four things on top of it. And, you know, you put something in the fridge and it maybe would fall out or, you know, it's just it, fridges can get like that. Um, you don't have to be uh, perfect, but you do have to understand maybe this is a dysfunctional system and it's actually causing me so much stress and anxiety that I'm not opening my fridge, which then therefore limits me to nourish my body. So making sure that your environment is, uh, sparks joy (laughs) is going to help you make this practice, uh, super, super enjoyable for you. And that, I hope you have heard me say that enough and you're like, man, I'm just like not a chef. Stop saying that. You are a mother bleeping master chef. You just haven't learned how to do it yet. Okay? Maybe you haven't ever learned how to love this. Doesn't mean it's not possible. I know it's colloquial and cool to say, like, I'm not a chef. I'm not, I'm not, I don't do this, you know? But each time you do say that, Ooh, I hate to say it, but it's programming your mind. And since we're reprogramming your mind, you're going to want to be careful what you say to yourself. And instead of, instead, catch yourself and say, actually, yeah, I haven't ever been a master chef before. I'm a master chef in the making. I'm in the making. Sorry, if you can hear my dog like lick his lips, he's get, he can tell I'm talking about food. <laughs> And he's, he's seriously attached to me, so he just wants to sit here and listen to me talk about food and uh, let me know how hungry he is. So, <laughs> okay, this podcast is now 53 minutes. I've got so much more to talk to you about nourishment. So, I think this is going to be part one. And we're going to go into part two uh, in the next episode. I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope that this makes you feel excited to start to build some skills. And I think we're going to get into the tactical toolbox in the next episode because I want you to feel so, so ready to do this. Okay. I love you. Have a beautiful day. Stay curious and conscious, my friend.